0: What is up guys and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason and joining me in the Meeple Minded studio today is one half of the Board Stupid Podcast. So please make welcome, Wayne. How are you doing, Wayne? I'm
1: very, very well, thank you very much, sir. And technically at this point of the day, it's one third of the Board Stupid Podcast. Oh, wow. Going really? on, going on in, in future, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, which is exciting stuff. But I am now for now today, one half of the Meeple Minded <laughs> podcast and also one third of the Bored Stupid podcast. So
0: <laughs> excellent. Yes. Stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, hiring out my services to all and sundry. Indeed. Indeed. And do you know, what? this is something we've been talking about doing for an age and we finally managed to find some time where we're both free to just sit down, shove a mic between us and just. Yeah, shoot the breeze. Yeah, talk one of my favourite
1: subjects, which is, you know, the eternally never-ending collection of board games that is gathering in my house. Indeed, Uh, indeed. And the stuff that you love and all this... um, great things about this incredible hobby that uh we all love and enjoy and that you're so deeply involved in
0: oh yeah just well well below the water water line now i'm i'm drowning but i'm drowning in a good way yeah drowning in meeples and, <laughs> exactly. and board pieces <laughs> and board games so uh cardboard you know wooden pieces miniatures plastic plastic, plastic crack the yeah, lot <laughs> exactly
1: fishing minis out my ears exactly Yeah, all that good stuff but no we've been chatting about doing this for a long time actually because uh yeah, we've got history on it, so it's um, no, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. Thank you so much for having me on so far and uh, getting me involved.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. And, uh, you know, I, I have a, a lot of respect for you. You know, I know you've been involved in the hobby for a very long time. Um, you actually have me on as a guest on your podcast mm-hmm. just before we launched what was the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community at the time. Obviously, we've been for a big rebrand mm-hmm. since then. And from what I've seen, you're going through a bit of a rebrand yourself.
1: Absolutely right. Yeah. So I'll I'll touch on that a little bit um, after, but let's go back to uh, when you were on our, our podcast for oh, the first yeah. time. And um, some might say, I mean, I wouldn't, but some could call me the godfather of uh, of local crawly Board Gaming <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but some might say. <laughs> but though, I remember we had the chat, we had you on the podcast. It was one of our uh, sort of first ones. And uh, um, yeah, I think it was kind of during uh, COVID times, we had to stay six feet apart and oh, there was yeah. a whole thing and it was a bit weird um, but it was a great chat and yeah, you were you were saying at the time that you've been wanting to do this for a mm-hmm. long time and yeah. I was like, yeah, just go and do it dude, buy the stuff and you did and you've got great success so far and uh, yeah, I, I'm a regular listener to Meeple Minded, I think it's a awesome. fab podcast and then we've also got our friends at MTVB um, with uh, Ants and that's another great podcast yeah. um, that has started since and so but yeah, and the rebrand I'm a massive fan of, I think it's great. I, I think it uh, widens your horizons for sure. It does, yeah. And yeah, um yeah, but it's still, you know, it's still very you. It's got your personality stamped over it, which is great. And yeah, we've also gone through a, a big rebrand. So only in terms of its looks. We're still Bored Stupid, spelled B-O-A-R-D, because I think I'm clever. It's <laughs> well, it's, it's just it's, it's
0: not a pun that we've seen over and over again in the in the past, is it? Like <laughs> Yeah, well,
1: so, uh, you know, I no points for originality, but I like the name. And uh, no, we went through a rebrand uh, in terms of our iconography and our, our fonts and stuff like that because um like I said at the top of the show we went from a two to a threesome so mm-hmm. to speak and we actually got on board uh Tom who is a good friend of mine who I met through the comic shop uh which is another fantastic local place the comic shop crawley another fantastic local mm. place for uh community board gaming for the oh, hobby yeah. um it's an absolute hub Uh, of that sort of stuff and met him through that process uh, and we were DMing and then we were playing D&D together and we're playing board games together he has a massive collection to rival mine and your own so that's Mm. always great Uh, very experienced knowledgeable board gamer and he adds a really great dimension and also now he lives around the corner from me which is super useful yeah yeah. Um, we were on a break for a little while with uh, the board super podcast mostly because I moved out of Simon's apartment so
0: yeah Yeah, yes it makes it very difficult when you don't one, live with the person, but then when you're not even in the same town. Not in the um, same town, yeah. And in the middle of a pandemic where you're not really supposed to travel, kind of makes it almost impossible, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 that's one way of describing it. Definitely difficult, for sure. It was, uh, it's been a weird year. Mm. Uh, and certainly, uh, um, I'm very thankful for things opening up in the last three to six months. And it's been great uh, to restart this project. With a third person on board, so if Simon can't make it, we can carry on, or if Tom can't make it, we can carry on, yeah. or if yeah. I can't make it and and they can figure out how to do my editing, then they can do it. So uh, <laughs> now they'll just record and send you it to, for the edit, you know. <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be some horrible quality thing on a phone, okay. <laughs> but. Um, no, uh, as a fellow audiophile, you'll know it's uh the editing and the recording process is a science and art into itself.
0: So, it really yeah, is yeah. and you know, I have you to thank for that because again, like I said, I wanted to do this for years. Appearing on yours kind of gave me that initial push. It's like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to do this. Now it's sort of switched on to the research side of it. It's like, well, there's so many mics, there's so many interfaces, there's so many mixers, there's you know, and Once you've got the recording, it's like, well, now I've got to edit this damn thing. And, you know, you have far more experience with that than I did. And you were a wealth of knowledge for me. You didn't tell me to bugger off at any point. So I was incredibly grateful for that. Oh, no, no problem at all, dude.
1: And yeah, I know it's a minefield and it's a pain in the backside learning it. Uh, So, yeah, the uh, process of editing and managing audio is much more complex than the average person might believe. Mm. And you'll be listening back to something going, what's that?
0: Noise, oh, all yeah, that, yeah, or yeah. all of this, or I'll have to remember not to take that out. Of yeah, keep, that one, keep <laughs> that one in, keep that
1: one in, so <laughs> and all of that good stuff, and echoes and vibrations, yeah. and me probably just then, which you'll pick up in your door banging the table. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole, a whole science and art, yeah. and uh, yeah, big respect. And it's great to do this though, because we do it for fun, we do it mm. for the love of the hobby,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not a job. It is this is a hobby in itself. Yeah, it's a hobby from a hobby that's also probably from another hobby. It's all sorts of hobbies. It's, it's hobbyception, and it, it helps us. Yeah, hobbyception.
1: Hobbyception. It helps us. Uh, that's the new name for the podcast. I've yeah. changed my mind. It's not more stupid. <laughs> no, it's
0: um, damn it. I was, was going to uh, steal that. As well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's great. It helps for me. The process of podcasting about board games helps me dive into it in more detail and really talk about something that I love to a you know whoever might be listening yeah, and try exactly. and extol the virtues of it maybe someone in the car will listen to it and be like oh what's this podcast about board games mm. this is pretty cool or um or maybe what we say we'll vibe with someone and they'll get in touch and they'll ask a question or give some feedback and it makes it all worthwhile. I just like to talk board games yeah, and I like to waffle on. And as you've probably already realized, uh, yeah, I'll just get me going, wind me up and start. And... <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so.
0: Indeed. Uh, Wayne's definitely got the, the, the voice for radio. So it's... It's, It works.
1: <laughs> but... well, yeah, I've been told that I do have a, a radio voice. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. We'll
1: see. What's yeah,
0: I, I was told when I did the the initial sort of teaser, shall we say, for for, for the podcast, that I sounded very BBC. I was like, oh, <laughs> fantastic! I'll make sure I don't do that anymore. <laughs> a bit of
1: the uh, received pronunciation, so.
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's totally not me. So I was like, oh, clearly, that was just a persona I was putting on right there. Joe, <laughs> you know, it's hard
1: not to when you get in front of the mic. I know I do it every time I do the <laughs> Bored stupid intro. I'm like, hello and welcome to exactly. board stupid. I sound like bloody Terry Wogan from like It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so that sort of energy that you put in right at the start and then it's all drained as like no okay now we're, we're back down to earth now we can talk let's about have a normal games.
1: human conversation where we don't sound bizarre <laughs> <laughs> like 1960s bbc radio announcers exactly. in wartime
0: <laughs> yeah. oh my god but yeah anyway let, let's talk some games let, let's find out a bit more about you what was it that first got you into board games, or or just tabletop games in general? Did were you a wargamer, board gamer, role player from the start, or was there a particular thing that sticks in your mind?
1: I was going to say one thing until you said something at the end there, which is you know were you a wargamer, were you a role player, etc. And there's actually two, I suppose there's two concurrent entries to my current uh, love of the hobby. The first one being when I was younger, I want to say sort of between thirteen up was getting into Warhammer. I was into 40k, and then um, after that, Warhammer Fantasy, and I also got things like Battlefleet Gothic and Necromunda, mm. and a little bit of Blood Bowl, and was it Gorkamorka? Was another yeah, one. Yeah, so I had thing, I yeah. had a whole bunch of like Warhammer, um, uh, sorry Games Workshop products, and uh, also back in the day, I was doing a lot of uh, role playing. I did things like Vampire the Masquerade, D and D, Cyberpunk, um, and I used to love all that as well. Then I took a big break, obviously, as I as I as I grew up, but my soul didn't grow old. I yeah. just grew old and forgot about it for a little <laughs> while. Um like I don't know, like Peter Pan from the film Hook just forgets about Neverland. Yeah. yeah. And then he remembers, he's like, oh wow. It was like me. And then I suddenly remembered, wait, board games are awesome. And I was looking for something to do um with my partner at the time, like on just, you know, have people over. I was like, what is out these days that isn't bloody Monopoly, that isn't Snakes and Ladders or whatever? There must be more to board gaming these days than there used to be. So I I did a quick Google and there was some great stuff that popped up because you go, I was like Googling the things that you would normally do, like what Mm. are the best board games in the world today? Yeah, yeah. What's the best things released recently? I need to know, like give me the last 10 years worth of stuff. Yeah, And as well as Catan, which I never really um, bought or got into, it was like, I think Pandemic, King of Tokyo, Ticket to Ride, those sorts of games. Yeah, and uh, I purchased a few of those. Um, Pandemic, I believe, was my first sort of proper box board game of like modern board games. Yeah, absolutely fell in love because um, that was released in two thousand eight, I think. And uh, yeah, and ever since then, it's been an ever-present burning through my uh, wages. Oh yes, uh, and yeah. it's uh, and uh, I I don't regret a single penny of the spend. Uh, it's awesome, and yes, and then I think my first, I suppose deep dive into proper big box board gaming was Dead of Winter. And mm. that was I suppose the first one I really bought and I thought, Yeah, yeah, this this is this is where I'm at. This is this is the shiz. Yeah. I need this in my life.
0: Yeah, it's that slippery slope, isn't it? Once once you get a modern board game and you get a feel for it, it's like, yeah, now now I need the next thing. What's the next fix? What's it's the like next a, like yeah. an addiction?
1: Quite. And then I went through like a whole rampant uh exploration process. I think we all go through an exploration phase yeah. when we get into this hobby. Well you know i know kind of like know the things that I like, but then everyone online is saying that these things are good so mm. i'm going to try and i'm gonna try these games i'll try those games, and my collection has both increased and then waned again as i uh, wane uh, yes. <laughs> uh, waned again as I've sold a few things like castles of Burgundy, which um you know I'll probably get shouted out online for this, but it's like known as like one of the best. I suppose greatly designed Euro games, especially for two players, but you can play it, you know up to four. I think um, you yeah, know people loving it. I played it and it was like maths coloured brown. Yeah, it was yeah. super boring to me. I mean, I just did not gel with it. Despite yeah, I, it being, I mean, I, I,
0: I'll sort of share your your uh, your pain there. I I can't stand castles of Burgundy personally. It's, it's I think there's so much more out there that basically does exactly the same as what it does, yeah. but far more fun.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just a massive child. I need bright colors and things to play with. And so, like Castles of Burgundy was brown cardboard covered maths, and it's just. I did not drive with it, and people love it, and and I appreciate that. If you like the game, you like the game, but not for me. It's unlike. uh, You know, I know we've got some shared tastes, and yeah, I think production is a good big part of it for me. Mm -hmm. I like a good theme. I need to be able to engage with the game. It needs to have things that you know, catch me, as well as having strong mechanics yeah. and mechanisms.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I know one thing that you and I both share a love for is artwork on modern games. The clue's in the name, art. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of these games just come with pure art now. It's phenomenal. I mean, the art of board games
1: is sort of multifaceted. You've got the art of board game design, which has improved tremendously over the last 20 to 30 years, and even, I think, condensed even more so over the last 10. The art of board game design is phenomenal to the point where there is is something for everybody in every sort of genre, of type, of style, of mechanisms to drag you in. And then you've got the other side of it, which is the actual art of the game. So mm. the printing of the pieces, the artwork on the box, the everything down to the uh rules book to the tiles if you're playing a tile game. Art on board games in the last sort of five to ten years is better than it's ever been. Yeah. Fight me if you disagree, but I think it is unreal. I listened to your episode on Inish which i agree has some of the most incredible art in any game um the art i think was actually uh done by the guy that did the che guevara poster uh okay yeah now someone on in the internet will probably tell me i've got that totally balls wrong <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that's the case or 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 something or someone like that he was like a famous dude that did that sort yeah, of art yeah yeah and the art in that game on the god cards and on the tiles is unreal it's yes. so great and then we talked. I listened to your episode on Wingspan, and again, you extolled the virtues of the art. Could not agree more. Mm. And the production in that game. I will say something that you missed on that podcast. Is you didn't talk about the just feeling the rulebook.
0: I know. Do you know what we finished recording? As I, I, I was kicking myself. <laughs> I remember talking about the cards themselves. Yeah, which were great. But yeah, the rulebook. I completely forgot. Oh my rule, god! Because usually when we when we record um, episodes about the games themselves, I always have the, the game out. Yeah, yeah. And I don't personally own a copy of Wingspan. Right. we played my friend's copy. We've played the copy that we have in the, the library at the comic shop. And of course I didn't have a copy. Therefore mm. I wasn't reminded of all these things. And although I give myself bullet points, Oh yeah. I don't net, like, I've already missed about four. So <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back, dude. I've got time. Exactly. We can circle back. But I did exactly the same with the Wingspan episodes. Something made me skip forward to something else and then I I forgot to go back and I was kicking myself.
1: I'm I'm criticising entirely in jest. I mean, (laughs) it's such a simple, ridiculous thing. But seriously, if you don't own a copy of Wingspan, find someone that does and feel the rulebook. Like yeah. They might look at you weird when you open it up and go, oh, can I touch it? But yeah. it is is—it's worth it. That thing is ridiculous. It's kind of like a vinyl-covered fancy paper. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the production. Another thing we're talking about, art, And as I like, say, so the art on board games is insane these days. And also the art of design is better these days. But the production quality of board games these days, especially with the advent of Kickstarter, is like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, I say it often on uh, on the shows, and you know, if ever I'm on a guest, we are in another golden age of board
0: games. We are, like, yeah. we really are. Um, if if it's uh tailing off, I don't I don't see it. Well, I mean, the evidence would say, you know, granted, it's it's been a lot of it has been spurred on by um, the pandemic and people being stuck at home, but the fact that between 2019 and 2020, the board game industry value went up by a billion. Dollars to so it's now sat at something like eleven billion. This is still classed as a, a niche hobby.
1: It's I think it's exploding and it will continue to do mm. so. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, pushed on by the advent of being able to self publish or at least have a good idea and have a publisher take that to Kickstarter for yeah. you and and uh, and see what the reaction will be and it's amazing yeah the production value of games i mean most of the stuff that i've got from kickstarter in the last couple of years has been phenomenal anything by Command on games or simon games god knows how like okay, let's settle an argument can someone on the <laughs> internet tell me how the bloody hell do you actually pronounce that company because yeah. i've bought stuff from them for the last sort of five or six years no idea how to say it yes yeah. Call me you or not? I understood. Yes. I understood the yeah, acronym. It, it was
0: easy. It was simple.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a phrase. Okay. Right. Bit. Bit pretentious. But whatever. It's your company. Call it yep. what you want. Now. Now is it? Come on. Is it Simon? Yeah. Eric Lang, I think, said come on at some point. But, but other but employees say, say Simon. Simon. Was that yeah. Eric Lang being Eric Lang?
0: I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. No. I. I. I think we brought this up on one of the episodes before. As like, I've decided, we are actually going to do that as a subject topic just oh, discussing just- is it is it coming <laughs> or not is it simon or is it come on
1: oh god come on <laughs> god's sake <laughs> but yeah uh i th- i think you'll probably agree as well it's uh, an insane time to be a board gamer
0: it is it is a it is an insane time it's a great time and as you said it's got no sign of showing down with the reemergence of gaming clubs and and you know running two of them myself i've seen a massive upsurge in People actually attending these events because they've they've rediscovered yeah tabletop gaming and they absolutely love it and they just want more.
1: Well, let me double down on your kudos because not only do you do a great podcast, but you also run a fantastic gaming event. So um, anyone out there that hasn't already uh, listened to Jason extolling the virtues of the Crawler Gaming <laughs> Club, you're going to listen to me extol the virtues of it as a third party. Go down, check it out. It's amazing. It's a great experience. There's games. Coming out of his ears, like it just <laughs> he's got so many that you can play and borrow if you want, right? You can yeah, just I go and take them from the library. Yeah. Um, people are gonna be down there bringing their own stuff that you can go and join in on. It's a great environment to just play something, and especially as things start to open up more, fingers and toes crossed, and cross my hair and everything else, yeah. I can possibly physically cross. Um, we can stuff more tables in there, which you're gonna need to do because it's, it's full, it's getting busy. It's well, it's not getting busy, it's full all the yeah, time, yeah um and exactly the same with the comic shot Crawley's uh local gaming space it's just great to see it's a great environment so you know good stuff you're doing a great job with that and it's, i've enjoyed it so far been playing uh, gloomhaven jaws of the lion there great, yes, great it's fun. been
0: good to see that and thank you very much it, it is nice to to hear people say that and it's been really good to be back to it you know i've i've missed running it and Like I said, to see that upsurge has just reassured me that it's like, yeah, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing, Mm. Um, doing everything I can to just grow the community as as much as possible.
1: And it is a community and we need each other at this point. We we spent so long in the board game wilderness um, and it's something we touched on 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 the Board Super podcast that uh, it's been such a weird year for the community. And these pillars of the community, these gaming events are so important. They help create uh new connections it's part of the magic of what makes board games so special it's that connection with people um like i said if it wasn't for board gaming events or role-playing events i would never have met tom who's now a fundamental part of uh of our podcast and you know we game all the time. He's part of our regular yeah. gaming group.
0: Indeed, I've I've I have met Tom as well, and great guy. I'm really looking forward to hearing more of him on the podcast because I believe he came on as a guest a couple of times. He's been on, yeah, a few and, times. Uh, one with me as yeah, well. yeah, we, we did, did a duel. That's um, right, we did root. It was we did root, which is another episode we're going to be doing soon because uh, I've got James to be playing it a lot and he's loving it. So uh,
1: I'm interested to see so, yes, what well. you think of root as it relates because I've heard obviously. Your thoughts on wingspan and then Inish and then Inish and then yeah, talking about yeah, how you love the artwork and all. This one's actually better than the other one. I mm. rate this one an eight. This one possibly a nine. I'm very excited to hear what you think about. Uh, Ru- give us a preview. What's your score?
0: Oh, do you know right, right now it's currently sat at about nine. Okay, so we'll it, see. It's, we'll it's see hard. if that changes as we go. But it's uh, a high one. It, um, I've oh. got a, I've got a couple more uh, plays in me before I want to sit down behind the mic and actually. Go for it! But uh,
1: yeah, I see. Before yeah. we settle down, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. I need yeah. more of that game in my life. It's so so bloody good.
0: Yeah. 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 The, the only um, the only faction I haven't played at this point is the vagabond. So I, I wanna I wanna play as the vagabond oh. before I can see, give it my seal of approval.
1: I I was the same as you, and then I got to play the vagabond. I was like, I don't want to play anyone else. The vagabond <laughs> is so so much fun. Yeah. Oh, you get to just mess with everyone. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you're see, gonna love I've it.
0: What I've said from what I've seen of the vagabonds, and I I will. Post this question to you actually as someone who is a avid role player yeah I have said the vagabond screams magic uh, um, D- dungeons and dragons
1: yeah it's well yeah or I think as Simon put it on our podcast it's kind of like everyone else is playing root the vagabond is playing Skyrim mm. he's just going <laughs> he's like going around doing quests yep. by himself um, then occasionally pissing off everybody on the board by just constantly attacking them <laughs> and getting victory points yeah because you can either go, you know, make alliances, or you can be just oh, screw alliances. I'm just going to crossbow everybody from the forest. Yeah, why not? Um, and get a <laughs> VP that way. So uh, I'm sure we'll discuss it in detail. But no, it's it's great. It's kind of like that. Yeah, everyone else is doing. You're playing D and D or Skyrim, doing side quests by yourself. Yeah, awesome, great experience.
0: Absolutely fantastic game. I, I cannot wait to have another discussion about. Because obviously, I discussed it on your podcast. Mm. I've played it m- so many times since. I, yeah. I think I've got more to say about it now. So you, uh, yeah, really yeah, I'm looking forward to that, mm. and obviously to introduce it to to James as well. How, now we're going to get another man's opinion on on the game as well. Mm. So, so when it comes to, to to board games, what would you say is your bread and butter? What's your favorite type of game mechanic? And if I if I was to ask you that horrible question that mm. we always get asked, mm. what's your favorite? Five games right now?
1: That is a bloody good question. I'll tell you what, in terms of uh, gameplay mechanics, there's a few things that I enjoy. I am a massive fan of area or territory control, mm-hmm. so anything around that is normally going to pique my interest. I'm a big fan of um, those Eric Lang-designed area control games, like The Godfather, Rising Sun, Blood Rage, um, the more recently Ankh, Gods of Egypt, uh, Inish, which is ostensibly an area control game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything that posits that to me i find interesting because a route as well to some extent is also an area control game although you do have individual objectives yeah depending on how you play but uh yeah i like that mechanic deeply it's immediately interactive with other people in terms it's probably easier for me to tell you things i don't like i generally tends to stay away from games with zero interaction i like some interaction even if it's on a base or surface level i like player interaction either indirect or direct i'm also a fan of uh, deck building i like deck building um not necessarily i mean i have played a bit of magic in the past and i I will occasionally but it's not my not my my thing like full-on um
0: but i like deck building as a
1: game function
0: yeah so addition- more, more like dominion uh legendary, yeah that kind of stuff. exactly
1: dominion legendary even you could argue sentinels of the multiverse yeah, uh yeah. And, and games like that and i do you know i like some worker placement games i recently got raiders of the north sea which is very clever i like worker placement with a clever twist the same as uh i have um the manhattan project which is another great worker placement game with a twist amongst all of that Regardless of the mechanics, it has to have a strong theme, a theme that engages me. It doesn't have to be initially be a theme that I am, I would normally go for. Like for example, Wingspan, which I bought and we played, and it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm not a bird watcher, but the theme is cool and it, it's great, and it draws you in and you understand the principle. And it's another game I type of game I like, Engine Builders. Engine Builders are great. Scythe is an engine builder, one of my favorite games of all time. It is pretty much it combines those two things, isn't it? Engine building and area control. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I find that process fascinating. So, creating an efficiency engine mm. is kind of puzzling and, and great. Yeah, uh, let me toss that question back to you before, before I—that gives me time to think about my top five <laughs> games. So, how about you, Jason? You may have uh, talked about it on the podcast before, but in terms of favorite mechanisms, if you could toss out a handful, I mean, like I said, I've got deck building, area control, yeah. uh, engine building,
0: that sort of thing. I, I, I would sort of put myself in, in a, in a Similar area to yourself. I really do like um, anything that involves a good strategy. So, you know, your area control games. Um, Deck building essentially is one of my favorites. You know, Marvel Legendary still to this day remains one of my favorite games of all time, uh, especially with the just myriad of expansions that they've done. But I I, I mean, you've had a a good look at my (laughs) collection. I I mean, you get to sit there marvelling it as we're talking. Loving it. But yeah, I I have a really wide taste. There's not really been a type of game I I dislike to this point. If I had to pick one that I could never play forever, it'd Mm -hmm. probably be Euros, if I'm honest. I'm not... Oh, more of like a broad genre. Yeah, exactly. I've got nothing wrong or nothing against euros per se. It's just if I had to pick one, that would be the one I would say I, I, I dislike.
1: You mean like a pure,
0: like um, Hard, trade... hardcore euros trade I would trading
1: say. in the Mediterranean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's... farming in in Spain. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm sort of one of these people, uh, and people know me enough now to know that theme is a big part of what I enjoy about games, and I just find most hardcore euros while they have a theme. It, it's not always integral to the game. No,
1: it's generally painted on. And I'll be honest, um, these days I like, I suppose, what you'd call a hybrid game. We have got, we did an episode on that. We've got Euros versus, uh, I suppose, what was traditionally called Ameritrash. Yes, yeah. Or the Ameritrash. And yeah, I, I like a hybrid because that seems to be the way that the industry is heading in terms of its yeah. game design these days. Yeah. Where you have a strong foundational Euro-style mechanism which is, you can work out um either optimal, suboptimal or or or, or multi optimal strategies or or tactical approaches. But then you've also got that great um theming, uh, great um abstraction of a variety of whatever the theme wants you to do, maybe a level of randomization to keep it exciting. Mm.
0: We have very similar tastes, I think, when it comes together. Like you said, there are a few that we differ or on, on opinion on, but I think for the, the most part, part, yeah. I have a, I, I come over to yours quite a lot. We play lots of games. I'm sure at some point we we'll, you'll want to try some of these. You've already highlighted some in my collection that you would I like was, to try. Yeah, I
1: said to you at the top of this uh, session before we even started recording, I was like, Jason, I need to play this, 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 and this, and this. When are you going to invite me around? So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to your initial question, actually, about what's my top five at the moment. Okay. Cool. And let me preface this because I will do this every single time. My top five favorite games changes weekly. Yeah based based on so is it a top five Wayne I don't know you don't judge me it depends on what I'm playing and the things that I'm into uh, and I think that's totally valid so at the moment my top five games and I'm not going to give you a particular order is going to be Scythe uh, Root um, Ankh Gods of Egypt has jumped straight up there and uh, over and above Rising Sun which was prior to this moment, like one of my favourite mm-hmm. games of all time. Yeah. Just looking through the rest of my list here, uh, Inish and at present, Smartphonic. Yes. So there is some fantastic stuff there, uh, which if you've not played any of those games, I recommend grabbing one or all of them. But yeah, my my top five games or top three games or whatever just tends to be based on what I'm playing a lot at the moment. Because as we say on the podcast on, on Board Stupid, we only play awesome games. Mm, yes. That's it. So they're all they're all good. I don't buy crap games. Not, I'm not I'm not in I'm not in the market of slating games or deeply getting into the weeds of, of negativity. I'm try. I always try to be as positive as possible. And all of my games I enjoy. If I don't enjoy them, I don't. I sell them. Yeah. So I mean, I only recently started adding in the question. What don't you like about a game? Yeah, right. Yeah. And that, and
0: that hurt my heart. <laughs> we should love everything about these We should these love games. everything. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's kind of our little trait. It's like we have to find a little niggle with every single. Yeah, I game. know. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed, and I
1: appreciate that when I'm listening. I'm like, hey, actually, actually, that bit is is BS. I don't like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's so like the honesty needs to be there. Oh you yeah, know, for the, sure. People are saying that you know all board game reviewers get paid. I can guarantee you we don't do they apparently we're missing out where's where's my check where's my, so i would love to be paid to do you know to to talk amazing stuff about board games you know because i'm gonna do it anyway oh my god <laughs> people are getting paid for this are you kidding me Un- unbelievable but no yeah, we, we no. do it for the love bro we do it for the love it's all about the love and the community there you go exactly
1: we do it we do it for you listening yeah exactly
0: so, with regards to board stupids, when you decided to take the plunge and actually start up your own podcast, you decided to do it with Simon. What was the what was the catalyst there? What, did you just have instant chemistry together and went, "We need to do a podcast together"? Do you know what? It's
1: kind of we started it in the middle of the apocalypse, and um, I obviously have a massive stack of board games, and Simon at the time hadn't really been in the hobby. Mm. Um, he maybe played a couple here and there but really it was a chance to just um, play some games and I said so, do you want to play some stuff and he was 100% up for it and you know you know how you introduce someone to the hobby like with either Ticket to Ride or yeah. or Pandemic or something like that I introduced him with Nemesis
0: Yeah, yeah so just <laughs> straight in at the deep end I right was there. like
1: here you go mate just yeah this like, is easy
0: what's that you can't swim get in the sea <laughs> <laughs> Get in the sea and enjoy it. There, there That's a, it. There is a typhoon coming, just, but,
1: you know, <laughs> yeah, swallow that salt water and enjoy it. So no, it was, and uh, he loved it. We played because it's a semi op game. We played the cooperative uh, sort of campaign book which comes with it, yeah. which is amazing. And from that point on, um, we played a bunch of other stuff that I had, and I, I always wanted to just do podcasting. I was into recording anyway because yeah. I record for music and other bits and bobs and voiceover, etc. And um, I was like, why not combine a few of these things together? I like recording, I like music, I like designing stuff. Let's do something that we can combine these things with the board games. And he's got like, he had that opinion coming in from, you know, a a newcomer to board gaming, all mechanics, all mechanisms were new to him. So, or or newish, but he's a super smart guy and he's very analytical. So he adds that, that level of depth and perception where I add the sort of, uh, boundless idiocy and enthusiasm. So we, between us, I think we have a nice balance and chemistry. And Tom comes in as like the really nice man in between um, who um, can sort of really give a great deal of depth and knowledge based on his experience. So that's how we started, really. It was just a kind of a way to pass time and do something where we can talk about something we enjoy and give back to the people that we met in the community uh, prior to the apocalypse yeah, happening, yeah. so we were passing time, wanting to talk about these great games that we we're playing together because we had, you know, we had opinions on them and we had opinions on D and D because we were both DMing and playing a lot of that. It was a way to do that uh, to keep sane, to be yes. honest. Yeah. And um, yeah, we got into it, we loved it, and we love talking about gaming. It's yeah. something that we genuinely enjoy. We get together, and now with Tom in, you know, we've got ten opinions between the three of us. Yeah, All right, so it's great to just chat stuff, and
0: uh, yeah, it gets you excited to play. Yeah, and then you play a game and be like, "This is why we love it." Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you know, you obviously are very, you know, I say, very similar to us. You were before, before us, starting up in the apocalypse. How how did you find that? And you know, did you immediately regret it? I mean, I suppose at the time you were actually uh, housemates with Simon, which would have made it a bit easier. Yeah, hell
1: yeah! Oh my god, it was way easier. I lived with Simon I was going through a lot of personal strife I guess there was a lot of issues going on in my life at the time and it was another way again of uh, somewhat escapism yeah um I absolutely don't regret a single bit of any of my life decisions up until this date um you know uh, disclaimer I'm f- happy than I've ever been <laughs> but uh it's it was good to get that started and I feel like I've learned more about board gaming about recording about myself about Simon, yeah. Um, through the process of starting that project, we took a break because you know I moved out of his apartment and the exchange, and we, yeah. you know, with life has to carry on. And then we had another, you know, more lockdowns and all sorts of nonsense. But since it's opened up again, um, we talked here and there because Simon's been super busy these days as well. We talked here and there about getting it restarted because it was always the plan. It was never a, it was never an end. It was always a hiatus. Uh, just finding the right time, and um, I suggested getting the third man involved, get Tom in. And uh, it's just it's just been bang on the money. It's exactly what we needed, and uh, yeah, we're recording great guns at the moment. We're doing another couple of sessions uh, this week, uh, launching our first one, which will probably be before this podcast is la- is mm-hmm. released, right? And then the next one, which is going to be our big main, I suppose, restart into our normal uh, franchise format, which is uh, the We Played series. And we're starting that from Friday after this podcast comes out. Okay. On Ankh Gods of Egypt, my big box Kickstarter, which came and I've been playing the hell out of. And we go, as you know from listening to us, we go deep on, on our games. So yeah, we we yeah, we don't have a multi format uh, show um like like you guys do. We just go there's one thing. Let's just talk about this for an hour, <laughs> and uh, and it's great. Yeah, so you'll you'll hear some good opinions on that. Hopefully,
0: awesome. So yeah, you really are coming back, guns blazing, us, straight in with Ank,
1: straight That's... in with a big one. We thought let's not mess about. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go big. Um, after that, we're probably going to cover off a couple of the things that you've done as well. So if anyone wants to hear a different opinion on things like Inish and Wingspan. Uh, then yeah, some you know, competent people. No, stop it! No, not at all. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! So no, we'll we'll have uh, a different slant on it, and you'll hear in in the different approach. I mean, uh, we've got a different style of podcasting as uh, than, than Jason and then with Ant, and I recommend you listen to all of them. Support your local people, yeah. and uh, you get some good ideas uh, and potentially some purchase options out of it. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to hit those games um, for sure and then you'll hear some uh, some other stuff, some of the weird stuff hiding in the back of my closet. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think one of, the, one of the games that we've both covered uh, to this point was Dinosaur Island. Now, we've done uh, Dinogenics as well. Now, yeah. this was one of the games that you highlighted that you do still need to play, and I, I am intent on getting you to play that because yes. I stand by my guns. Yes, Dinogenics is better than Dinosaur Island.
1: Well, well, that will have to remain to be seen because there were some things I I strongly disagreed with on your podcast about Dinosaur Island. I was, wait a minute, that's not right. Let me go around Jason's house and put him straight. This is nonsense. So, um, Loaf, I would like to play DinoGenics, actually. It looks awesome. And in terms of its um, presentation, it's super cool. Um, I'm excited to see if there's uh, any differences, you know, or what the differences are. What I liked about Dinosaur Island specifically was its peculiar multi-phase approach. And it was like four games mashed together in a neon nightmare, which came out super fun. Uh, And yeah, I I liked that game a hell of a lot. I've played it a bunch, but I would like to play Dinogenics. It's well-reviewed. Heard your positive thoughts on it. I like Dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. I think we all like Dinosaurs, let's be honest. Let's do it.
1: All day long will I talk about my collection of games (laughs) and... uh, if you're ever in the area with me, just ask me to play something. I'm willing oh, yeah. to. I will tell you what. Before um, I don't know if we're getting close to the end or if you need to kick me out, but I will ask you about. We haven't done a, a podcast on this, but I would like to at some point. How do you feel being? Are you normally the board game teacher, or is someone else normally the teacher?
0: It depends. It takes me a long time to to learn rules. I find it far easier to to be taught rules, but once ah, I know the rules. Okay. I find it very easy to teach yeah. other people. However, obviously, with becoming more known for running the clubs, being yeah. involved in a, in, a, in a tabletop gaming podcast, it's now kind of switched. People have have realised as, like, oh well, he, he can teach us. Uh, ah. okay. Um, right. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna to have to tone up on this and actually <laughs> learn how to do this properly rather than just <laughs> blagging my way through it. Well, I have to read rules. What? Exactly. Oh god. No, I am why I don't am... these things come as an audio book? Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: No, I am often, if not always, the teacher. Um, because I'm, like I said, endlessly denting my income with uh board ball- game purchases. And, uh, yeah, often teaching board games. I actually really like the approach. I suppose, in contrast, my my brain works with rules. I'll list, I can read something and generally absorb it and then regurgitate it in roughly the same fashion. I really enjoy teaching uh, games and I like teaching games to to new people, to people that are experienced in the hobby. But what's great to do is if you are going to be the board game teacher, you can use this as an excuse for when you lose, because I swear to God, every game I teach, I never win. So I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm just bad at board games, which is also probably true
0: I'm pretty terrible I have a a tendency to be losing most of the games however last night I had a really good spree of two wins I had two wins last night two different games dude I was uh, and then I lost the third game but back to normal but yeah so two games I won something but yeah I,
1: I certainly find that if I'm teaching a board game I'm so focused on the teach that I forget that actually play (laughs) so i'm like i'll just uh, i'll I'll do this
0: one of the games i really hope that you do talk about on your podcast was one that we played together which was project elite oh dude yeah, i loved that game oh cool i was yeah i i just remember when we were playing it i was on some mass killing spree because i was just getting the perfect dice rolls what did you think of that game give us your thoughts now while we're together you know what I, i really liked how the mechanics worked of it um, it was a fair while ago that we played it so yeah. I've only played it the once is it so just the two of us it or was, was it, just the two of us that's right yeah, it was I a remember. two yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah we played uh,
1: Meeple Land
0: Meeple Land afterwards as well yeah, yes we did but yeah Project Elite really really good game every time I see it on on, on Zatu or or whenever the comic shop are, doing, are looking at doing their order I see it on the order for I was like I, I really want to do I know enough people that want to play it do I really care <laughs> Uh and it, it's it's constantly there it, it's another one of them games that I keep Inish was the same yep I hovered over it for so long and I was like, no, do you know what? I'm going to get it. Got it. Really happy I got it. And uh, and Project Elite and Smartphone Inc are Mm -hmm. the next two. They're on my lists, and they're high.
1: Yeah, look out for it. We're going to be doing episodes on all of those. Uh, Smartphone Inc for sure and 100% we'll be doing it on Project Elite. That game is chaos. It's so much fun. It's a great co-op throwing dice, killing aliens. It's like Starship Troopers, the board game essentially. You've got hordes of things coming towards you and you're trying to survive. Yeah, we had a blast playing it and... uh, well, uh, next time it's on the schedule, you should come
0: over and play. I would very much like that. Mm. Definitely find mm. some time. Let's uh, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. So one last question before I let you go, because I know you're a very busy man. Oh. Um, <laughs> my, li- my life is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so busy. We're, so- <laughs> We're both the same. I know you're exactly the same <laughs> as me. Like, wait,
1: wait, why are you throwing that shade? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makes me feel better. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, one last question. Are there any games that you particularly are looking forward to this year, be it role-play, board games, or tabletop games?
1: Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to my um, Root Kickstarter coming, which is the Marauders expansion. It adds extra um, clans to play as, and also has a, a, a whole bunch of uh, expansion content to add on to it. Um, that's the big thing I'm looking forward to. Also, I'm looking forward to playing some of more, more of Tom's collection, so as well as playing a whole load more Root, I want to get more into... Uh, there's Terraforming Mars, which uh, Tom has. i played the once, and I actually really, really liked it. Some people don't like it, but I thought it was bloody great. But I don't know. I, I, really, I thought it was cool. Um, he also has Viticulture, which I'm desperate to play because, quite frankly, Stonemaier games can't do anything wrong at the moment. They are probably, for my money, the preeminent publisher in board gaming at the moment. For quality, if you've got the Venn diagram of quality you know solid game mechanisms and excellent uh um sort of rule sets and uh design and arts is right in the middle they keep churning out hit after hit um we recently played tapestry by the same publisher obviously scythe is by Charter yeah, yeah. charterstone is by Stonemeyer, viticulture wingspan by Stonemeyer, uh red rising more recently they
0: I was gonna say, have you have you played Red Rising? No, I've heard it's good. No, uh, I've I, I have played it. Um, Did you like it? I,
1: not up to the normal it, standard, it, it's you standards. Not think? up
0: to their normal standard. No. Uh, the, the, the the quality of the components definitely. Mm. It, it has Stonewire written all over it. Yeah, but the actual gameplay was it felt a bit lackluster. But I. I'm sort of trying to. I want to play it again, as I always have my rule of I have to play a game three times before I can make a final decision on so, yeah, it. Yeah, makes impressions, sense. I played it once,
1: and plus they they can be deceiving with board games because yeah, there's hidden depths that you find out.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and I put it down to the fact that I do not know the source material. You know, I I've never read the books yeah. or anything like that, so. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's because I don't understand the theme. Because from what I've seen online, it's a real sort of split for that one. You've got people. You've got to kind of apparently. And... You
1: have to know the source material. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't have a bloody clue. So I would be lost. But no, that's a shame. Although, apart from that one, then maybe the rest of them are great. And yeah, I think he's he's number one for me uh, in terms of current uh, designers and publishers. Um, games that are yet to come out. There's one that I've got my eye on. That's on my wish list. As soon as it comes out, really well. There's two. Uh, One is Dune Imperium. Oh, yes. I need that in my life. Deck Builder combined with Worker Placement. Yep, sign me up for that all day long with a a healthy splashing of uh, (laughs) Dune theme on top of it. Um, It's got great reviews everywhere that I've read. It should be a really fun, solid game to add to the collection. So looking forward to that. And then also Unfathomable. Okay. Have you heard of that? I have not heard of this one. Okay. Prepare to stick this one on your list. So it's Fantasy Flight. It is set in the Cthulhu Mythos. So, uh, you know, it's Lovecraftian. And it it is Fantasy Flight's reskin of the Battlestar Galactica board game because they lost the license to that. Of course. Yeah. So they have reskinned it in the Lovecraftian universe. And that I cannot get enough of because I love me some Tentacle Lovecraft action. <laughs> and it is going to be great. So you're basically on the SS Atlantica or something like that. And then you've got, you know all of those bsg me- mechanisms um you know we've got the cylons someone's you know there's a hidden role yeah. it's a semi co-op thing you've got, you've got challenges to beat every round but in the cthulhu mythos updated tidied uh a clarified rule set and yeah i'm all over that all over that coming out september i think
0: okay yeah it does sound rather interesting i will uh, yeah keep my ears to the ground on did that did you one. like
1: uh, like things like dead of winter and shadows over Camelot? to a degree yes yeah. yes I did yeah. it's the sem- that semi co-op so it's similar so but okay, but peak awesome yeah
0: I shall look forward to seeing that I'm, I'm sure it. it'll end up on your, your shelves and more than likely mine if a game comes out it tends to end up on my shelf at some point dude when it comes <laughs> come
1: and play it so uh, yeah for open invite
0: I'd definitely be up for that definitely be up there and with regards to Red Rising I would be up for playing it again I know that our good friend Anthony from the MTV ah, podcast has it nice so maybe we should get a uh, a podcast night together and just all all the podcasters just play that, a game of Red Rising and then that sounds spill awesome spill the beans as to what we like and what we don't like and that's a good one man yeah we'll, we should do
1: that we could we could co-release it on all our platforms that would be rather cool wouldn't that be a cool thing to that do that would be
0: really really cool
1: show some love shared love yeah. for the community yeah
0: I mean, I plan on having Anton on the show at some point, as as I'm sure uh, you will as well.
1: He's busier than me. This is very true. He's hard to get hold of. He's he a, hard a very get. hard man to get hold of, especially
0: yeah. as he's just started his uh, third season as well. Yep, season three. Uh, I believe there are some board game episodes coming up soon as well.
1: Yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah, he has intimated he may well be getting in touch at some point, so we will see.
0: Yes. Right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about today before I let you go?
1: If you start me up, Jason, I won't leave your house, so let's, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll call it there. I suppose, um, I don't know, just thanks for what you do for the community and uh, looking forward to getting some game nights together in future and doing some more recording and always a pleasure to chat to you about anything really, board games or otherwise. And uh, yeah, check us out at facebook.com slash boardstupiduk, B-O-A-R-D, because I think I'm clever. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go, no. and that's where you find Wayne, Simon, and now Tom, which I'm really looking forward to hearing the new, the new trio. Yeah, just uh, separates us even more, which is which is which is great, really. Yeah. We, we have our sort of laid-back, complete amateur style compared to your much more pristine, professional <laughs> style. Stop hyping it up like that. That's <laughs> BS. You know it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. We're all, we're all, yeah, we're like, we're very much like you, you know. We're very laid back. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it's it's all about the hobby at the end of the day. We do it for the love. We do it for you, listening at home. Exactly. That's exactly what we do. So, yeah. Once again, where can
1: people find you? You can find us on facebook.com slash board stupid UK. That's B O A R D. Or at our home anchor dot fm forward slash board stupid. Again, don't forget the B O A R D.
0: And just to help you out out there. I will make sure all of that information will be in the podcast description so that people can just click it rather than having to search it. I've always liked you, Jason. I know I've always liked you too. Aww. Thank you very much for joining me today. <laughs> My pleasure, man. Anytime. It's been good. I'm gonna hand over to our newsman now, if you don't mind. Uh, so over to I can show you him actually. He's out in the shed, you know, he's locked up, ready to do his news. Did you feed him today? I, I haven't yet, no. He he gets food once he's given the news. <laughs> Good. <laughs> good so tell us that news <laughs> over to the newsman Paul. thank you
2: you know i really appreciate you looking after me like this brian yeah but i think the uh, sexy nurse outfit is a bit much so what do you mean look in the part you know they don't actually wear that stuff at the hospital hang on what's that for Bed bath? I'm not an invalid. I'm supposed to be exercising my knee, not resting it as much. Careful with what you're doing with that. Ooh, 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 ooh! Brian, careful! No, I think I can manage that from here on in, thank you. Where am I off to? Well, I've gotta read this week's news out, haven't I? Okay, that'll give you time to make my bed up again. Remember, hospital corners, I'll be checking it looks like the current global pandemic is continuing to take its toll on the world and no more so than the news that another Chinese port has announced a partial closure. Services were shut on Wednesday at a terminal at Ningbo Zushan, one of China's biggest and third busiest cargo ports, after a worker was infected with a Delta variant of COVID-19. The closure threatens more disruption to the supply chains ahead of the key shopping season. Closing the terminal on Mishan Island until further notice will cut the port's capacity for container cargo by about a quarter. It comes as the cost of shipping from China and Southeast Asia to the east coast of the US has already been hit with a record high according to the Freitas Baltic Global Container Freight Index for people trying to ship goods from East Asia to Europe or the U.S. is one blow after another. The COVID crisis put the container shipping industry under intense pressure by knocking normal patterns of supply and demand out of kilter. Then came the Ever Given, which blocked the Suez Canal for six days, delaying hundreds of vessels and causing knock-on effects that lasted for weeks. And on top of that, partial closures of key terminals in China at the Yantian earlier in the year and now Ningbo, have caused further disruption each time something like this happens it can trigger further problems including congestion at other ports many of which are already operating at a slower rate than usual due to covid restrictions shipping lines are pretty happy because container rates are sky high for importers though it's a different matter perfect storm is an overused cliche but right now it's a good description of what's going on in the industry certainly this is more than merely a case of choppy waters if the terminal remain shut for an extended period it could have an especially large impact on the world economy companies were already struggling to source goods to keep their businesses going as the pandemic shut down economies around the world and for an insight before the pandemic bringing in a 40 foot container from china was costing companies two and a half thousand dollars to two thousand eight hundred dollars which is the equivalent of £1,800 to £2,000. Prices today, if you can indeed secure a booking that is, are now costing $16,000 or £11,500. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, the tabletop RPG set in the fantasy world of Warhammer, is spinning out into a new card game releasing later this year publisher cubicle 7 which released the fourth edition of warhammer fantasy roleplay as well as warhammer age of sigmar rpg soulbound described elect Counts as bringing to life the card games played by ruffians gamblers and adventurers in inns and taverns across the empire gameplay will involve two to four players wrestling over control of the Empire as Elector Counts, the nobles of the Empire who find themselves potentially in line for the throne after the Emperor dies. While the game's rules are yet to be revealed in full, the first images of the game show a deck of 112 cards, divided into attackers, defenders and support units, each with a numerical value. Some cards also feature unique abilities described on their fronts. The units are joined by location cards, suggesting that players will battle over specific places in the old world to fight off their rivals. A number of familiar characters from Warhammer Fantasy will also make an appearance. Cubicle 7 said that the game was designed to be played between sessions of Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. The long-running RPG first released in 1986 that adapts the world of Warhammer into a traditional tabletop role-playing game. Cubicle 7's latest fourth edition of the game was released in 2018 and followed by the first RPG adaptation of Warhammer Fantasy's successor Warhammer Age of Sigmar in last year's Soulbound. Elector Counts is planned for release towards the end of this year, with copies expected to appear in stores from December. Rainer Knizia, the designer behind tabletop titles such as Lost Cities, has terminated all planned releases with publishers Grail Games, Matago and Colossal Games. According to Knizia's Games Operations Manager Karen Istal, due to multiple breaches of contract, all licenses with Grail Games, Matago and Colossal Games have been terminated, meaning that these publishers no longer have the rights to sell his games. Estelle concluded that we very much regret that we had to take this step, but the decision to terminate licenses with those publishers was reached to protect the exclusivity of our other business partners in the market. Estelle's reply echoes comments they made earlier this year on Canizia's choice to cut ties with Grail Games and Matigo on account of the publishers making sales in markets that had not been licensed to them, with Colossal now reportedly earning the same treatment. Earlier this year, Grail Games announced that it would be canceling its planned reprints of Konitzia's games, including Medici Reformation, a remake of the beloved auction game, in response to what it claimed were disappointing sales. However, the blog containing the announcement has since been removed from the studio's website, with Konitzia tweeting that Grail Games had been releasing a misleading communication regarding the reasons that his titles were no longer being printed. A media representative for Grail Games also confirmed that Whale Riders, a board game about establishing a trading empire on the backs of whales that was successfully funded via a Kickstarter campaign in July this year, could not be further published by the studio due to the licensing disputes with Knizia Games. Whether Whale Riders will receive a retail release via another company is yet to be confirmed. And let's move on to crowdfunding now all three of these are games up on kickstarter now looking for your funding first up we have flamecraft by manny vega and published by cardboard alchemy it's for two to five players it plays in around 60 minutes and is for ages 14 years and over and this one ends on thursday 2nd of september Artisan Dragons, the smaller and magically talented versions of their larger and let's say more destructive cousins, are sought by shopkeepers so that they may delight customers with their flame craft. You are a flame keeper skilled in the art of conversing with dragons, placing them in their ideal home and using enchantments to entice them to produce wondrous things. Your reputation will grow as you aid the dragons and shopkeepers, and the flamekeeper with the most reputation will be known as the master of flamecraft. So in Flamecraft 2 to 5 players take on the role of flame keepers gathering items placing dragons and casting enchantments to enhance the shops of the town. Dragons are specialized bread, meat, iron, crystal, plant and potion and the Flame Keepers know which shops are the best home for each. So you visit a shop to gain items and a favour from one of the dragons there. Gathered items can then be used to enchant a shop, gaining reputation and the favours of all the dragons in the shop. If you are fortunate enough to attract fancy dragons, then you will have opportunities to secure even more reputation. The game is designed, as I said, by Manny Vega, and illustrated by world-renowned dragon artist Sandara Tang and pledge levels you can pledge at 29 pounds or 39 dollars for the shopkeeper edition which contains a copy of the game kickstarter exclusive content and all applicable stretch goals and with the flame keeper edition costing you 57 pounds or 79 dollars gets you a deluxe copy of the game which includes full color dragon miniatures upgraded metal tokens upgraded wooden resources and tray inserts and includes again the kickstarter exclusive content and all applicable stretch goals and next up is avatar legends the rpg by magpie games this one ends on friday september the third avatar legends the rpg is heroic fantasy game set in the universe of avatar the last airbender and the legend of korra in which you and your friends take on the role of young heroes From across the four nations who have joined together to make the world a better place. It's a game for people of all ages who want to look at the world beyond the scope of the existing stories and explore the meaningful actions heroes take for the good of others. In Avatar Legends, the RPG, you play one of the many heroes of the Four Nations, or perhaps Republic City, or indeed the Fire Nation Colonies, a young hero who has sworn to protect the world from harmful threats and stand up for those without the power to stand up for themselves. You fight on the side of what is right, even if that's the most difficult path to take, and you understand that to achieve peace, there must be peace balance. Each game of Avatar Legends, the RPG begins with your group picking an era as the backdrop for your game. Each era is tied to the span of an avatar's life, except for the Hundred Year War era, during which Avatar Aang was frozen, and focuses on distinct themes which define your game. Magpie Games is excited to bring you Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. With over a decade of role-playing design and publishing expertise, Magpie Games has created an innovative system that brings the world of the four nations to life in a tabletop RPG that captures the heart of the Avatar franchise, balance, heroism and the power of friendship the game includes setting information seeded with plot hooks for your game numerous playbooks representing the archetypes of heroes fans love from the television shows a full set of custom mechanics for adventuring across the four nations an adventure to get you started on your journey and much much more delve into the four nations like never before in an immersive role play experience that challenges you to find balance in a world in desperate need of heroes yep yep So you can pledge as a fire ferret for all source material in the PDF format for £15 or $20. The Winged Lima Pledge gets you a physical copy of the core book and the PDF files for £37 or $50. Pledging at the Otter Penguin level gets you the Winged Lima Pledge plus all physical and digital stretch goals that have been unlocked. and This will set you back £55 or $75. 73 pounds or a hundred dollars gets you the special edition cover of the core book plus everything in the previous pledge level or for those of you wanting to go all in and i mean all in is the flying bison pledge which includes everything already mentioned with a special edition gelux dice and leather dice bag but that's going to set you back 145 pounds or 200 dollars And lastly on this week is a game called Empire Plateau by Stephen and Alex Francis, published by Francis Games. It's for two to four players. It's going to take you 15 to 90 minutes. It's for eight years and over, and it ends on Thursday, September the 9th. An exciting and unique tactical strategy game empire plateau is the brand new ultimate alternative to chess but on a larger scale as it can be played by two three or even four players and it's a game for family friends and lovers of lateral thinking with no dice no cards and no luck involved the armies used in empire plateau are based on the ancient empires that ruled the known world at their time babylonian persian greek and Roman historical records well document various feuds and battles fought between these warfaring dominions during the ancient classical period of history circa 800 BC to 600 AD so you need to plan your strategy for defense and attack maneuver around the game board win skirmishes use skills and tactics for area control and eventually claim victory by conquering your opponent's empire's base to win the game and it comes in as 3 pledge levels the bronze pledge at £37 is for the base game £52 gets you the silver pledge gets you the game and a set of 4 branded coasters and the gold pledge at £65 gets you the game, the coasters and a beautifully designed E-Raptor insert for all the pieces Now over to events I thought as we were working our way through August fairly quickly I'd firstly give the Strange Games Festival another shout out as there are some pictures still available for the whole long bank holiday weekend of camping and gaming at a beautiful Sussex campsite. It's been running for six years now, and due to the ever-increasing attendance, 200-plus at the last count, this is the first year at their new site, allowing them to invite even more gamers to attend. So the dates for this are from 2pm Friday 27th of August, through to 6pm on the Monday the 30th. The location is Bushy Wood Activity Centre, Main Road, Hailsham, Sussex, BN273LZ. Tickets for the event are £55 per person for the entire weekend, which includes a camping pitch. You can even include tent hire at an additional cost. So head on over to Strange Games Festival or OneWord.co.uk for all the information. Word has it, all the other local clubs in the area have seen increased numbers since they've started back, which for us here at Meeble Minded is great to hear. So Wednesday evenings is gaming at the comic shop in Crawley £5 for the evening, with refreshments on site. Head on over to socials for more information. Dave and Lewis Board Game Club are all over at the Trinity Gaming Cafe in Lewis on Thursday evenings, running from 7.30 through to 11.30, and they're just £3 ahead, with a tuck shop on site too. Mondays is Crawley Gaming Club over at Tilgate Community Centre in Crawley, running from 7 through to 11, and just £3 ahead. Also, it's great to hear that Horsham Gamers are prepping to start up their casual gaming nights again too, on and running fortnightly from the 6th of september at st john's hall in broadridge heath horsham so head on over to their socials to get any more information you may need one last thing before we go and hopefully our local listeners will possibly help with abby who runs a surrey board gaming group in reigate is looking for new premises to run her game days from as the hall they have previously used has just been sold so she's looking for a suitable hall or centre in the reigate area preferably with parking and a shop nearby so if you do know of anywhere suitable please head on over to the surrey board game group facebook page and get her a message and we're going to thank you in advance for that remember to keep an eye on socials for any of the last minute changes and or announcements for any of our local gaming groups Right, Brian, have you finished making the bed? What do you mean, bend over? I do not require that, thank you very much. No, 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 you're not putting that thing anywhere near my bottom. Just say goodbye to everyone before I have to do something drastic. Good. It's a goodbye from me too. Keep safe, peeps, keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. No, no, put it down.